Now, the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Morning and welcome to the Aloha Friday edition of the program. I'm Bobby Curran in studio. Tanner Hayworth in the room right across. We have lots of things to talk about this morning. Uh, interesting developments in the Ryder Cup. We'll be bringing you updates at the uh, at the quarter hours, and we also uh, going to talk a little NFL because it's it's really turned interesting. And of course, uh, we'll have John Veneri on with us a little bit later to talk. Uh, UH football versus UNLV in the desert, where it's not been kind to the Rainbow Warriors of late. Um, but they're a ten and a half point underdog, so I think there's uh, certainly a lot of people think that UNLV is the one. In fact, there's a little uh, boxes that the advertiser, star advertiser, runs. You know who's favored: offense, defense, special teams. Usually, sometimes Wise wins all three, but almost always it's at least divided. Not so this time. They're all going with UNLV in all categories, which I find quite interesting. But I don't know if that's reflective of what we're going to see tomorrow morning in 10 a.m. start Hawaii time. Uh, interesting deal. I, I want to get to a couple of things. Um, I just think the Detroit Lions are absolutely for real. I don't know how anybody could deny it at this point. They go into Lambeau and just take it to the Green Bay Packers. They win it 34-20. to 20. David Montgomery, who'd come in an intra-division trade, he, he went from the Chicago Bears to the Detroit Lions. He never beat the Packers as a Bear. But he comes here to Detroit, and it was easy pickings. He rushed for 121 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he was a difference maker. I still think for Jordan Love, the jury's out on him. I mean, yesterday, you look at the numbers and you say, that's pretty good. I mean, he uh, he threw what, for 236 yards. I mean, that's not a bad number. But he also threw two picks to Jerry Jacobs. And you do that, you turn it over twice like that, you're going you're gonna to get hurt. I just think that's the deal. And I now David Bakhtiari is out for who knows in another four games at least. Boy, that guy struggled with injuries. But, and that's part of the big part of the protection of Jordan Love, not yesterday. Anyway, so we're going to have to see what happens to the Packers. I, I do feel that it's likely that Detroit's going to win that division. I can't believe I'm hearing myself say it. They have been a doormat for so long. And, uh, but I think, the Pack, I think the Packers might beat the Chicago Bears. And, but I think, and, and Minnesota, Minnesota, who knows? Really hard to tell. So I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions to win the NFC North. I know it's early in the season, but they're also fun to watch. They kind of take that, on defense, they have that sort of mad dog thing that I think they get from uh, Coach Campbell. So it's fun to watch. And a couple of things that uh, people need to know about around the NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo is back at practice for the Raiders. I think they have uh, missed him. So that will be good that if he can get clear the concussion protocol in time to play against the Chargers on Sunday at SoFi, 
I think that's a pretty even game because, frankly, uh, the Chargers have, in my mind, the Chargers have not been one of lived up to expectations. It's just my way of looking at that. I mean, yes, they're, they're one and two. They're in set. People say, well, they're in second place. Okay, you're in second place, but second place behind the Kansas City Chiefs. That's, that's a distant second place. If you have something that you want to discuss with us this morning, go ahead and give us a jingle at 808-296-1420 or text us to that number. I do think you're going to see uh, some turnarounds in the playoffs. I think when Miami goes to Buffalo this weekend, that the outcome of that could go a long way to determining who is going to win uh, the uh, AFC East. I, in fact, I'll go out on a limb. If Miami wins that game in Buffalo, they're going to win this thing because Miami's playing the best in the division. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Now it's a matter of can you, can you be consistent with it? But one of the things about Miami and Tua Tango-Vailoa, they are nothing else if not consistent. That, that group plays pretty well. I don't expect them, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they're going to lay 70 on a lot of people, but that offense is good. They don't make a lot of mistakes, and they have talent and speed to burn, which is, I think, a huge uh, critical part of their success and the defense for Miami. I mean, it's gotten better. I don't think anybody could deny it. If you're watching them, they're pretty decent in the back end. They're doing a good job. Uh, I think against the, the run. So pretty good, pretty good deal for the Miami dolphins right now. Um, it's seven minutes past six o'clock. Go ahead. If you have something you want to talk about, I, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Hawaii in the desert tomorrow. We're going to get to this because I, I have John Veneri lined up to come on and talk with us, and he'll have probably a little more. I mean, people love this uh, this UNLV quarterback. I, I think he's a nice quarterback. I'm not sure he's uh, ready to be canonized quite yet. Uh, he's been out a couple of games, and his understudy, Jalen Mayab, has done pretty well. But I do think that... Uh, uh, Birnbaum is uh, is a good player, but I don't know if he's. Well, I don't think he's an all-conference kind of guy. Let's put it that way. So we're going to find out exactly how he is. And of course, uh, under their current coach Barry Odom, and a very experienced coach, a lot of people will expect. I, oh, I, I think I call him. I call him something wrong, but it's Doug Brumfield, and uh, who plays the, starts a quarterback for them. Now they got a couple of other talented guys. I like this guy, uh, Jaden Thomas. Uh, Jaden Thomas has moved from uh, being an under-the-radar guy to the nation's top freshman scorer. That's pretty impressive. And that's I think that kind of sums up the success that UNLV's had so far. So, I, you know, I get it. I get Hawaii's an underdog. I think that's legit. Ten and a half? I don't know. I mean, that's just my take on it. And one of the things is if you go to, like, the Cal. The game's going to be, it's a 1 o'clock game their time, 10 o'clock here. But if you're at the California Hotel on a game day, it's really interesting. Because the Hawaii, as it gets closer to kickoff, right when it's time to head to the stadium, Hawaii fans are lined up betting. And I, I suspect most of them are betting on the Rainbow Warriors. I, mean, I just think that you can't help it almost. And I think this encourages that because 10 and a half is a lot of points. As we all know, you could give up two touchdowns in the first quarter and suddenly 10 and a half doesn't look like much of a much of a trick. But I don't think that Hawaii is going to fall short 
in this one. I, it's just my take on it. I think, I, I think they, I think they'll play well, and I think they'll score some points. Uh, will it be enough? I don't know on the victory, but I just don't see UNLV running away from the Rainbow Warriors on Saturday. Okay, we've got a couple of other things, and they're all football related. Uh, hey, I, th this is big news for me, probably not so much for most fans. But Saquon Barkley is back at practice for the New York Giants. They're a different team when he's there. I, I'm, I just think that's, you, can't, you couldn't say otherwise. Turns out it is a high ankle sprain, which, of course, is far worse uh, than the garden variety. So, I mean, it may take some time, although he's known as a very quick healer. Uh, can he be a quick healer this week? Well, he worked out away from the rest of the team. And that, that was interesting. He, he did some agility drills. He, you know, he had the ball on straight ahead, stepping out over some of the uh, cushion rectangular uh, curbs. He did a little bit of that stuff. And then he took uh, some pitches from quarterback uh, Danny Jones, Danny Dimes, and then was running upfield with those. That, that was his thing. And so, yeah, that's a, a very light practice. I don't think you can tell yet. I think he's going to have, you know, a, a walk the, through tomorrow. But today we'll see what he does, if anything, probably limited that practice. Uh, you know, the thing about Jaquan Barkley is you've got to be careful with him because he always wants to play. And he's going to want to play on Sunday, no question about it. I mean, on Monday, rather. I think that's, that's just how it's going to be for him. He just wants to play so badly. So I almost think you need the coach or the trainers there to intercede a little bit. I mean, they're going to have to judge if he's ready, how likely he is to injure the ankle further. I don't think that's a, a done deal on him. Let's, let me get to a couple of things that I thought was interesting. Uh, apparently, the Vikings star receiver, Justin Jefferson, is complaining a bit because there's a lot of trade rumors, people saying, hey, the Vikings are awful. Why would we, you know, why wouldn't we use him as our trade fellow, I'll give you a reason. He's the best player on your team. That might be a, that might be a reason to avoid that. Uh, Minnesota's winless at 0-3. You know, they can get out of this thing pretty quick. A, a loss, I would say a loss this, uh, this week, and you can probably write them off. And then maybe the trade talk even increases. But it's kind of funny that Jeff, Justin Jefferson's complaining about it already. He's complaining about the trade talk. Well, the team's trying to do something to get a little bit better. And we have about well, 13 minutes maybe past the hour. Uh, we're going to take this right up to our Ryder Cup update uh, brought to you or driven by BMW of Honolulu. And that will be coming up in a couple of minutes. And if you didn't hear by now, the morning session in Rome was a complete and utter disaster for the U.S. They got four matches. They lost all four of them, down 4-0. Some people would say, well, write the obituary now for this Ryder Cup for the U.S. Uh, I don't know. That's probably a little strong with so many uh, rounds to go. But they didn't, they're not doing much in the second one either. So I think that will be interesting. We are, I can't wait until Monday when we get the wrap-up from Mark Rolfing. It, that would be great. He's going to stay in Rome and do that for us. Uh, it will be terrific stuff to listen to because I got I got I don't know what do, you, what do you change? I mean, I don't think Zach Johnson's doing anything ridiculous. Many people have pointed out that the US team 
largely is a bunch of individuals, they're corporate entities that basically they fly by themselves, they stay in their own places or their own hotels. Whereas the English guy, well, the British are English, but the, the, the Europeans, because we have, I think, the best European players right now, one's Spanish and John Rahm, the other's Victor Hovland from uh, Norway. So, but I, I always think of them as, as, as Northern Europeans, and I suppose they mostly are. But let's get to this. They stay together, they fly together, they stay in the same hotels, they hang out all year long. So this is not a different deal for them. And I think it's really mattered in, in these Ryder Cups. It uh, has been a disaster for the U.S. so far today. And they really had hopes that Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, who sat out the morning, so did Brooks Koepka, he didn't play in the morning either. Uh, and they really hoped that those guys would come along, especially the Spieth-Thomas group. Well, they were up, could have won that match. Hovland makes a long putt on the 18th to tie it. So the U.S. gets a half a point. Last I looked, they trailed uh, you know, something like five and a half to a half, and we'll get the update to see where that's, where that's at right now in just a minute or two. And if you have something that you want to get to us with, my advice is that you text us or call us, same number, 808-296-1420. And we'll be at that update just very shortly. I, I don't know. Does anyone have a better reason that that the U.S. is constantly getting whipped when they're on foreign ground, when they're playing somewhere in Europe? I, I, I don't have another answer for it. I, I, that one seems as good as others. It seems like they get on these courses, they, they shape them up for their shorter hitters than all the U.S. guys, but they're straighter hitters. And the Europeans have a ton of good putters. But U.S. isn't bereft of good putters either, but you have to be in a position where you can putt to score. Sometimes they are not in a position uh, to be able to putt to score. That seems to be, I mean, how many times I see Terrell Hatton right down the middle. Now, Terrell Hutton's not a huge star. Let's do this. Let's get our uh, master, our update on the Ryder Cup driven by BMW of Honolulu. Welcome back to the Aloha Friday edition of the program. Well, we just got the word that John Veneri's been called into a coaches meeting, and so he is not going to be able to join us this morning. I, I wanted to get to a couple of things. Apparently, and this is so sort of interesting, I guess I can go with this. I, Jacob Bureau, the defensive coordinator for the University of Hawaii, apparently had offhandedly just said he expected more Hawaii fans than UNLV fans. It's always been close there, by the way. I mean, that would, that's not a revelation if that does happen. But, but apparently, UNLV head coach Barry Odom took exception to that. And uh, so there's a little bit more going on, a little, peep, little anger, uh, a little frustration. And uh, one of the things any UNLV coach has to do is try to fill that uh, or put as many people in the stands as they possibly can. You're not going to fill it when a game's at Allegiant Stadium. I mean, that's, that's not likely, let's face it, But because that's a, an NFL and a, a nice stadium. I've had a chance to broadcast there, and it's, it's a sweet place. In fact, you can get lost in the back bowels of the joint uh, if you're not getting very 
careful instruction on how to get to the press box area. But this is, a, I think, there's a lot going on in this game, and I think it should be a good one. Uh, now that Doug Brumfield is back healthy, uh, otherwise you were going to see uh, an interesting deal. A guy from from Hawaii part of the time, at least, I think. Was it Kaimuki High School, I want to say, that uh, Jaden Maiava uh, had come from? He's the backup quarterback now. Oh, you think it might have been Pearl City? Okay. I'm not sure myself, but I know he has a Hawaii connection, certainly lived here for a while. And uh, and now he's the backup quarterback to Doug Brumfield. And last couple of games he was playing because Brumfield was out with an injury. But now Brumfield appears to be back. He's listed as the starter in this game. And I think this is going to be really interesting. He's a, he's a big guy. Uh you know, I'm not saying he's huge, but he's a big dude. And, uh, and when he runs, he takes off, and uh, his, he's not afraid to run somebody over. Uh, maybe, maybe less so now that he's getting over an injury. I don't know. Because I'm looking at the guy, and he's, he's 6'6", 225. I mean, that, that you talk about good size for a quarterback. Uh, not, not a lot of difficulties seeing the field. Whereas, you know, Hawaii, on the other hand, is uh, not as big at their quarterbacks uh, for pretty much any of them. So that's just how it goes. I'm taking a look at, uh, at the, the thing right now, the, uh, the sheets that list the starters. And I'm not sure what they list Shager at, 6'2", but I think that's probably about right. And listen, there's a lot of college quarterbacks that do fine. You don't have to be 6'6", but it does get your attention when a visiting quarterback, or in this case, the home quarterback against the visiting Rainbow Warriors is six foot six inches tall. Kind of cool. Uh, go ahead. If you have something, now's a good time. Uh, 808-296-1420 is the number. And that is, uh, that, that is kind of interesting. I, I'm, I'm seeing where they list Braden Shaker. He's listed at 6'3", 225. I've stood next to him. I don't think he's a lot taller than me, and I'm not 6'3". Just saying. That's sometimes how it goes. I remember that there was a guy that was exactly my height when I was in college. They listed him as 6'3", and me as 6'1". Six 6'1", one. Six one in my case, was yeah, probably just a little, I'm a little shy of 6'2". And so I would expect it to have been listed at 6'2". Not the way it works. But I remember our big guys... Um, they wanted to list them both. We had two centers named Matt Courage, what a great name, and Dennis Vale, and they listed them. They, want, they listed Matt at seven feet, and he wasn't. He was 6'11". But they felt they really wanted to have a seven-footer on the team. So they sort of just made it up, which I thought was kind of funny. It's 27 minutes past the hour. I'm, I'm looking. I got a monitor on the Ryder Cup, and the European guys, there's only one match still going. The European guys are just... Jolly as jolly could be. They are really happy with how their team has performed. And why wouldn't they be? I mean, they're up, they were up last, I looked at, at six to one. I'm trying to keep a half an eye on that so I can, I can uh, supplement our update. And uh, if you have something you want to weigh in on, I think a lot of Americans, I know well to do Americans love to go to this event in Europe. First of all, they get to Rome is, is a beautiful city. They want to see Rome. I get that. But this is, people are going to be depressed. There'll be tears in the pasta tonight in Rome. 
because I, that's just not acceptable. I mean, I, last I saw it was 6-1. I think I'm still, I think we're still waiting for the outcome. They're all around the 18th green, so I'm guessing there's something going on there. And I'm looking for it. Let's see. Yeah, U.S. is one up on this hole. But if the Europeans could snatch uh, a half a point, they'd say that was just about as successful a day as you could have, holding the U.S. to one and a half points. Now, somebody's going to make, if someone makes a shot here for the U.S., then I think that is, uh, that, that's not going to happen. But even 6-2 is a tough thing to come back with. But that means that they split the afternoon matches. So I, I think if they had done one, even one match in the, in the morning, it would have made a huge difference to this team. Uh, they haven't. So we, uh, we're going to have to just grin and bear it. I think all Americans who are tired of getting beaten by a raft of Europeans. And there's some good young ones. Guys I had never even heard of. Aberg, never heard of him. And uh, he's coming out to have a big day. And 296-808-296-1420. Have some fun with us, uh, if you like. I'm sorry that we didn't uh, connect with John Veneri, but he had another obligation this morning that came up late. And so we'll, we'll talk a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk some more UH football, and I'd love to have you weigh in on that. UH currently two and three. This would be a big win for Hawaii, uh, in my mind. I, I think this one would be a big one. They, they got the wins over uh, Albany and then uh, and a tough one coming back against New Mexico State. But I think if you could even, I would say that's pretty successful start to the year if you came out of this thing three and three. Uh, and no, listen, the odds makers don't think it's going to happen. And maybe it won't. And uh, Tanner, you, what, you get a thought on the game. What's your final score? When I'm looking about the game, I think it's going to be something kind of difficult for Hawaii's defense to handle. Because as we saw from last week, the rushing attack from UNLV is probably one of the better ones. Sure, it's not an Air Force. It's not a Boise State. But it's still certainly something that Hawaii is probably going to struggle with. I think it's going to be a good game. We're going to be scoring points. Unfortunately, it's a home game for the Ninth Island Showdown for UNLV. So that usually means home team wins. I think UNLV is probably going to pull out in the end. And probably it's going to look ugly. I think we'll try our best. I'll probably give it a like 35-28 for UNLV. Now, actually, there'd be a lot of Hawaii fans that would be jazzed at 35-28 because that would mean Hawaii covers. And Hawaii fans, especially in Las Vegas, seem to love to bet on the Rainbow Warriors as opposed to you know, taking the, uh, the, the opponent, and which would be interesting. But I think, as one of our guys called in yesterday, uh, Commander Dick called in to remind us Hawaii had been a 20-point or 21-point favorite and lost by 21 a number of years back. And that, you want to talk about somber in the Hotel California? Oh, my goodness. We got back to the hotel, people were crying in their beer. No question about that. Um, we have to take a quick timeout. Well, shall we do it now? Uh, we, let's do it. We have a quick timeout and right back on the Bobby Curran Show, ESPN, Honolulu.
Welcome back to our Aloha Friday edition of the Bobby Curran Show. The next Craig Angela show is October 10th at 6 p.m. at Velocity of Honolulu on Kapiolani Boulevard. Join Kanoa Leahy with UH Athletic Director Craig Angelus for the latest from behind the scenes in UH sports. There's food and drink available for purchase and valet parking at the MW Restaurant brought to you by the JN Group. We got a couple of things, and I want to spend a little time on football generally. The NFL looks to me to be as interesting as it's been. I would never have predicted that the Minnesota Vikings would start the season 0-3. Tanner, I don't know if that blew you away. Are you surprised at that? And And it makes you wonder, let's beg the question, is it time for Kirk Cousins to move on? I think this is not a Kirk Cousins issue. I'm not sure what the issue is off the top of my dome, but obviously... When you lead the league in passing yards, when you lead the league in receiving yards like Justin Jefferson, when you lead the NFL in sacks like Danielle Hunter, you'd think you get at least one win in the books for that. But it's clear the main issue for this team is turnovers. So it might not be an issue of whether or not Kirk Cousins himself should move on. I think the question should be if the Vikings are comfortable enough to move on from Kirk Cousins. The only issue with that is Kirk Cousins is not that bad of a quarterback. He is a, you know, top 15 guy, maybe like top 12. I think that's fair to say. And the issue is you can't get better than Kirk Cousins right now if you're the Minnesota Vikings, unless you tank for the rest of the season and get Caleb Williams. That's the only thing I could think of them doing, but it's obvious they're not going to do that. So, I think right now you kind of have to weather the storm with Kirk Cousins because right now with no running game because they got rid of their best running back, um, there's not really an easy answer for the Minnesota Vikings um, other than let's just keep trying to win these games like how we've been trying to win them the last couple of weeks. You know, I think what's interesting there is that if you got moved on from Kirk Cousins, it would be as much a salary dump as anything else. And then you say, listen, we just got to start over. Because Kirk Cousins, while I agree he has reasonable skills, he just never seems to get any team he's on to the promised land. They don't get that close. Last year, of course, the, the first round wipeout at home by the New York Giants. I mean, that is just not good. Uh, he was outplayed by Danny Jones in that one. So uh, I just think they have to take a look, see what you could, can you get something for, for Kirk Cousins, I mean, we haven't seen the kind of injury yet where teams will scramble, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the phone is picked up and a call is made should somebody lose their starting quarterback. Just a thought. It's about 18 minutes in front of the hour, and go ahead if you have something, 808-296-1420, you could call us or text us. Uh, the couple of teams that I think look like they might be a little better than we thought, and I th- I certainly think... I would put Seattle in that category. I think they're going to be tough uh, uh, as we go. I mean, I just thought they were going to be horrible, and they're not horrible, which is interesting. So I, I, it's a couple of other teams that I thought would be bad. And, and I'm not surprised, frankly, that the Rams have had such a struggle uh, as this. They, they just seem to be missing things, and they got some injuries. And that's a deadly combination in the NFL. In fact, you take a look at some of these teams that have really struggled, and injuries are almost always a factor. I just think that's... And the teams that end up being around at the end, you take a look and they have had great health. 
I mean, I think some of that is just pure, unadulterated luck. I mean, keeping people healthy. What's interesting is there are some teams where there's injuries. I think it was, I, I think we saw the Jacksonville Jaguars, that players are revolting against their strength and conditioning guys because they feel like they're not getting helped. I, I think that, that was really interesting to me because you'd think that NFL teams, because they have much bigger resources than colleges, and some of the colleges we know are paying strength and conditioning guys seven, eight hundred thousand dollars That is no longer a shocking uh, deal when that goes. And I think almost all of the big Power Five schools are paying four to $500,000, which for some of them is just another position coach in terms of salary. But... I don't know what they're making in the NFL, but if you don't have a top-flight guy, you got to move on. I just don't think that if you have players that are saying they're not comfortable with the treatment they're getting, you got to make a move. That's just my my thought on that. Go ahead if you have something special uh, right now. Love to hear from you. 808-296-1420. Go ahead, Tanner. You saying? Am I too far away, as you're saying, from the microphone? Okay. We're adjusting. I'm adjusting to the stick mic, which I have never in a career used. But uh, we're getting used to it. And for the most part, it's, uh, it's pretty good. And uh, 43 minutes now past the hour. So you, Chris and Gary, I'm assuming, will be taking uh, over after this program because they will. I, I don't know if they're used to it yet. But you got to remember, every time you, we did the shows in Las Vegas, you're always three hours later there. It's you know three. It's already. I'm looking at the time. It's 9:43 already in Las Vegas, so they will take over and go 10 to 12. And I wish them well and hope they got enough sleep, because I do know Chris does like to take his turn at the blackjack table. And go and again, I we could take a, we got open phones. We can take your call if you want to get in or text us right now. So the just again, we got to tell you that we're going to come up on a uh, Ryder Cup update in just a couple of minutes. Um, we've been kind of keeping you abreast, but you'll get uh, the you'll get the true word on this first day of activity just outside of Rome, and. Uh, you know, it's funny, when I was talking to Mark Rolfing, he said, well, they, the Europeans set this course up for themselves. They, they set it up with narrow fairways, and the holes are short, uh, relatively. He said, because that suits them. They don't have as many bombers as the U.S. has, and bombers, but the Brooks Kepkas and, and Scotty Schefflers, I mean, they don't need that as much on this course. And, and especially if a guy's... Driver gets wayward as just as Jordan Spieth was all day today. I mean, he just couldn't seem to get it in the fairway. And then you're playing one against two. And that's really difficult. So uh, they did not go well for the U.S. That we know. How bad? You'll find out in just a minute or two. And I don't know about you know, when they talk about the coaches. For example, I'll give you an example, Tanner. Brian Dayball for the New York Giants. He was celebrated. He was coach of the year last year. Giants go from absolutely god-awful, they make the playoffs, they win one game in the playoffs against the Vikings, and now people in New York are not as happy with him. Uh, you know, I just think it's a result-driven league, and people are fickle. If you don't have a good year, people are going to jump on you. I think Robert Sala is getting a lot of grief with the New York Jets. It's not his fault that Aaron Rodgers got hurt. 
but he's going to take the hits because, frankly, it does appear that Zach Wilson is not up to the task. And I just think it's going to be a, going to be a really long year for him. Um, he says, I know I have to improve. Well, time to get on it. We are going to shift gears now and take you to our uh, Ryder Cup update brought to you and driven by BMW of Honolulu. Welcome back to the Aloha Friday edition of the program. A couple of interesting games, and I think some team can save its season. Certainly the Rams would love to get a win at Indy, and to that point, we've got Sam on the line. Hi, Sam. Hey, good morning, Bobby. Aloha Friday. How are you? I'm well. What's what's up? Good morning, Bobby. Aloha Friday. How are you? Yeah, I hear you. What's up? Uh, good, brother. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you fine. Uh, cool, right? Good. Um, yeah, just a couple of things. Bob. So, first off, uh, Ryder Cup. Now, it just seems like, let, let me know if I'm wrong, it seems like that the European teams, they just play well as a, as a squad versus individuality in the European team. You know what I mean? What do you think about that, Bobby? Well, I, I think that may, might possibly stem from how that European tour is run. I mean, the, there's not as much cash as there is in the uh, in the USGA. So these guys, they travel together. They share hotel rooms. I mean, they eat they eat together. It's more there's more camaraderie with that team, whereas the U.S.'s guys are are sort of corporations unto themselves. They fly a lot of times private with their own. You know, nutritionists and swing coaches, and and they're sort of they're not really the the buddy thing is not really going on the way it is with the Europeans. I, I kind of think yeah. that that could matter somewhat. It's apparent for sure. I hope I hope for the U.S. sake that a uh, Saturday Sunday European can start you know short putts, missing short putts, and we start making birdies. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's what we hope, but <laughs> I, on, it doesn't happen very often. The Europeans seem pretty prone to make those shots, and they set the course up for their shorter hitters. Pretty incredible, man. It's incredible. Um, and then lastly, Bobby, about my Colts. I like it. Sunday, we got the Rams coming home. Uh, I think AR is going to play. Um, what I want to talk about real quick, Bobby, is uh, people are sleeping on the Colts' defense. I mean, we're top five in most big categories this year so far, and we got the leading tackler with Zaire Franklin, 45 tackles to, to four games. Bobby, crazy. That is a lot. Um, I, I like it, Bobby. I mean, I think we're adding four or five sacks a game. I mean, I, I like us getting pressure, getting pressure uh, this this weekend and getting a W. What do you think? I, I like Indy in this one. They're a one and a half point favorite at home. Yep, and I don't think the Rams are very good, frankly. I hope uh, I hope uh, Michael Pittman can keep keep rolling, baby. He had some crazy catches last week, and can really really get the offense going. You know. You think he's a Pro Bowler? I think so, man. I think the guy needs to get paid. He'll get paid this this coming year, and um, I hope him and Alex Pierce can really keep keep gelling. As a, as a unit, you know? They're pretty good. I hope Anthony Richardson gets healthy and stays healthy. I appreciate you, Bobby. Let's go. All right, Sam. Thanks for the call. Uh, anybody else wants to weigh in, go ahead. I, I don't know what it is. It just seemed like Sean McVay is, was lukewarm for a while about coming back to coaching. Remember the, after they won the Super Bowl, he was saying he might, you know, he might uh, hang it up. And, and then Aaron Donald saying the same thing. Well, they're both back. But you wonder, is there a difference in the level of commitment, especially with Sean McVay? I, I don't, I wouldn't hesitate, I would hesitate to really cast a strong opinion on that because I simply don't know the man. But it doesn't look like the same Ram team. I just don't get the sense of urgency that you have. You watch the difference between, say, the Rams, 
and the Detroit Lions. Now, no one could say there's not a sense of urgency with Dan Campbell and his group. I mean, they're just a different animal uh, right now. They're really into it. And I think I see that with certain teams. I mean, cert- certainly to say you would see it with San Francisco, with Miami. Uh, I, you just get that the tremendous sense of urgency, th- things that they want to do that they have not yet accomplished, and that drives guys. And, and I think you got to give some of the coaches credit on those things too, uh, just how it is. And I'll tell you right now, Mike McDaniels has, really seems to be doing a great job in Miami as far as I can tell. He's got guys playing hard for him every single game. And that, if that happens again this weekend, they're at Buffalo. That, that could go a long way to determining who wins that division. People say, are you kidding me? It's only four games in. But if, you, if Miami gets a two-game lead on Buffalo and Buffalo then has to play a second time, but in Miami, I, I just tell you what, that's going to be tough. And I don't think right now the Jets or the uh, Patriots are going to be able to stay with the Dolphins. I just don't see it. I think Buffalo's got the best chance, but they've got to play really well. Uh, and they're not playing really well right now. And uh, it's 56 minutes past the hour. We are just about done for today. I want to thank Tanner Hayworth for his uh, good work. And uh, for tomorrow morning, remember, 10 a.m. it starts. That'll be kickoff, the show, pregame show. An hour before that, want to join us? Please do. I'm Bobby Curran. Aloha.